In this interview, I chat with Michelle Evans on how developing a marketing funnel can take you from simply surviving to sold out. Michelle takes us through the steps of developing a funnel from understanding your audience before jumping in to develop it further so it will nurture more customers into working with you. Hello, Michelle. Thanks for joining me this evening. Thank you so much for having me on, Ben. Oh, my pleasure. Oh, this morning for you, actually. It's, uh, you said it was about 10 o'clock over there. Yes. <laughs> We're on really different sides of the world here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would be kicking back with a beer, but I thought I'd be professional until I finished the interview. Um, <laughs> your LinkedIn profile says you help online business owners go from simply surviving to sold out using the power of marketing funnels and Facebook ads. That's a, that's a pretty catchy statement. Yes. <laughs> It made me nod my head at that. I was like, yeah, I like that. I like the sound of that. I need help with that. Nice. Well, and you know, this comes from, you know, when I first started my business, almost, I went full-time in my business almost seven years ago. And one of my biggest challenges was I would get clients and money and I'd do that work and then those projects would stop and then I'd be back to square zero, right? Yep. And I was just like this up and down and up and down of lots of money, no money, lots of money, no money. And it was really hard to figure out like how do you do the work and do the business development without like sacrificing every ounce of sleep and yeah. <laughs> and downtime that there is. It is quite hard. <laughs> And so that's where I really got into marketing funnel. So I want you to tell us about that. But before you do, could you just take take us back in time? You're working with Microsoft. Um, tell us the story from there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I spent about 16 years in the corporate world and the last, um, I don't know, five or six were at Microsoft mm -hmm. and I was running a lot of really great programs, working with amazing people around the world. But the problem was that I had no control over the work that I was doing or the hours that I was working or mm. when I had to travel or any of that stuff. And um, when I made the decision to leave, it was actually when my youngest, my third child, was just an itty bitty baby. Like he was seven weeks old when I made the decision. And I was just like, I can't do this. I can't juggle this crazy career, all these demands, plus having a family and have mm. the life I want. And so I took a step back and I was like, what else could I do? Um, and, and from there, I really just stepped into some marketing consulting and I did various coaching things as well. So I, it kind of took me a while to get my business feet under me. But, um, but through all of that, what I found is the number one problem that almost every business has is how do I get the steady stream of buyers constantly coming into my business yeah. without having to spend like every last penny on either marketing or travel or, you know, just doing a ton of stuff that doesn't result in getting paid. Yeah, absolutely. I, I see it a lot with the businesses I speak to that they can be really good at going out there, winning the work. Um, and then they get the work and they start doing the work and they're not out there. So they're not winning any more work. And then they've got this yeah. lull and it, you've got this cycle over and over again. And I, uh, so it's quite interesting reading your website and finding out more about how you handle that and, and, um, developing a way that you can get this more consistent, um, at least lead generation coming in. So tell us a little bit more yeah. about that. Yeah, well, so a few years into my business, I joined this high level mastermind and it was with this person who had built a multi-million dollar business. And I was like, I need to know what she knows. I need to understand how she has this 
business constantly coming in. And what I found when I joined this mastermind is that her way of doing business was not my way of doing business. She basically was on the road all the time, like traveling probably four and a half days a week, every week and speaking and going to events. And I tried her way. I went to over 50 events in a nine month period of time. (laughs) And I was just like, you know what? I did not quit my corporate job and start my own gig to do this. It's too hard. It's too draining. And even worse, um, Ben, and I don't know if you've had this happen. I would go to these events. I would meet all these people. I would come home with this big stack of business cards. I would enter them into my CRM system. I would start making calls. And it was like just banging my head against the wall of the same conversation after the same conversation. And it wasn't turning into business. My business didn't really grow. I added people to my database, but I didn't like have people (laughs) lining up to buy from me. And I was like, this is stupid. It's costing me so much time, so much effort. And I'm on the road all the time, exactly the opposite of what I wanted for my business. And it's not working. And I just took a step back and I was like, I just need to go back to basics. Mm -hmm. Marketing can be simple, but but I was caught up and I know a lot of my clients and a lot of my students get caught up in all of these shiny objects of, wow, look at this really cool thing you can do on Instagram or Facebook or with video or, you know, whatever. And pretty soon you're doing all these random acts of marketing, but none of them are, you know, coming together Mm -hmm. and really helping you create a, a system and a relationship with your audience. And so that's where I was. And I just said, you know what? I just need a really simple marketing funnel, super simple. And I need people to be ready to have a sales conversation with me so that I'm not just chasing them, trying to see, is there a need here? And that's really when I, you know, stopped all those random acts of marketing and got super focused and said, okay, what do I do best? (laughs) And how can I get people ready to have a sales conversation with me so that they're leaning forward and saying, how can we work together, Michelle, versus leaning back with their arms crossed saying, what's she going to pitch to me? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You don't want to you don't want to be wasting their time and they don't want to be wasting yours. If you can get them ready and they they want to hear more, they want to find out how you can help them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Just before you go on and tell me more about the funnel, you mentioned you're a mum. Um, what sort of challenges that present moving from your job at Microsoft into this sort of busy environment, doing a lot of travel, going to see lots of people? How did you manage that? Yeah, well, by the time I was doing all those events, my youngest, let's see, he must have been four by then. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hard. And that was probably why I stopped just nine months in is because managing, you know, I have three and the oldest and youngest are nine years apart. So we got, we have a lot of events. We have a lot of stuff going on and it just was hard. It was hard on me. It was hard on the kids. It was hard on my husband and, and just trying to find that balance of how do I build my business without basically sacrificing everything that's important to me in my life. And, um, and I just had to get honest with myself Mm. of what really makes sense for me. And did you think, I mean, I, some people might see that as a boundary, something getting in the way of work, oh, my, my family, friends, whoever it is in your, in your life is getting in the way of you doing more work. I think you saw that as an opportunity in a way. It's a boundary. It's a hard boundary. You didn't want to neglect that side of it. And so you actually changed the way you, you did your business, I think, for the better yeah. because of that. 
Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I just have to say if, if success, I feel like we can define our own success. What does success mean to me? And it can be different than what it means to you. But to me, it means that I have great fulfilling work and that I also have fabulous relationships with my family. I like that. My kids and my husband are the most important things to me. And I don't want to sacrifice that in chasing, you know, growing a business. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for going back over. I think it's really important. I think there's a, again, a lot of people I come across, they are, they find it hard to balance the two. And I think if you can make the two work together in some way um, or use those boundaries to your advantage, to restrict the work and be very productive when you're at work and then dedicate that time to friends, um, family when you're when you're doing that. It's so much the better. Yeah. So tell me more about the funnel. How, how do we get started? How do we sort of pull back and understand who our customers are and how we can have a better experience and sort of bringing them up to speed and ready for that conversation? Yeah. Well, and the first thing that I always do uh, before we even get to the funnel is ask two main questions. Number one, how are you most fascinating to your audience? How do you show up best? Because when people try to force us, you know, force me, force you into a one size fits all, like this is how you have to market your business. A lot of times it's not the right fit for us. And I love Sally Hogshead's work. I don't know if you've ever seen it, the how to fascinate work. She has this quiz online and it's at howtofascinate.com. And the, the premise of the work is you don't have to you don't have to learn how to be fascinating. You have to unlearn how to be boring. And basically you have to unlearn how to try to fit yourself into this box. And so one of the first things that I usually do when I'm working with somebody is ask them to take that quiz. And the reason is, is that how you fascinate people really needs to be baked into how you do your marketing, especially when you're a smaller business where you might be the face of your business, um, really out there, but really knowing how do you fascinate? Is it on video? Is it on stage? Is it written? Like how, how do you best attract people to you? And then the second thing is what's the problem that you're trying to solve? And if you're not clear on what that problem is that you're trying to solve, all your marketing is going to be hard. It will not matter what you do for your marketing. It's going to be hard because it's going to be really unclear to people. How are you helping me? So when I was going through that nine month period of time where I was going to all those events, I did over a thousand sales calls in that time. And I found really quickly that even though I thought I was clear on the problem I was solving, Mm. I wasn't because all these people that I talked to who said no to me, they weren't clear on what I was going to do for them. Yeah. And so really getting super clear, what is that problem and how can people get it really quickly and say, yes, that's me or no, that's not me. So when you read my LinkedIn headline, you said, yeah, I can see that problem versus if I just said I helped market and grow businesses. That's too generic. Yeah. So you think you think focusing down and niching on a particular problem in your case there, it's very clear, even though you might be able to help with other things once you've mm-hmm. got over that particular issue. That's what captures people initially. Yes. How did you go through that process? Because I agree with you. I think that's the right way to do it. That's the right way to focus down and niche, at least initially when with your customer. But how do you get to understanding what that is, what really fascinates people, and then what problems you're really, truly solving? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, first taking that how to fascinate quiz, I think really helps to uncover sort of what your own magic is, your own secret sauce. But the, the second question that I would tack on there is how do you find this out without having to do a thousand failed sales calls, (laughs) (laughs) right? Um, So I have a process that I take people through called the Funnel Persuasion Playbook. And it's really diving into understand what are those problems that people are wanting to solve. And more importantly, what are the words that they use to describe it? Because how you describe the problem that you solve is really different Mm -hmm. than how the people that you want to attract would describe it because you're too expert. I'm too expert. We're too close to it. We know too much. And so we really need to get into their heads. And so there's a few things that I really love to do. If you have even a small audience or access to people who you think might be in your audience, just jumping on the phone for 10 or 15 minutes and asking some questions such as, you know, what's the biggest challenge that you struggle with in terms of marketing and growing your business? So that might be a question that I would ask and just let them talk, write down or record only with their permission. Exactly. <laughs> what they say and don't change the words that they use into your own expert language. Use what they say. There is so much magic that you can get out of your audience when you ask questions and you simply listen. Now, if you don't have access to an audience, you can go to places like blogs that are in your space and see what questions people are asking on Mm. blog posts. You can go into Facebook groups or LinkedIn groups or other online communities um, and, and really see what people are asking about and what they're wanting to know. And, and again, the biggest thing that I always have to wrangle people on is don't change their words into expert words. Do not do that. You want to use those words because one of the most important things of, of any marketing that's going to grow your business Anything that's going to work for attracting the right people is to warm up your audience and you have to meet them where they are. You can't talk over their heads. Now, I have a client who came to me a few, um, uh, like seven months ago, Mm. and she had spent a ton of money hiring this expert copywriter to help her redo all of her website. And it sounded really good. And she said, Michelle, I've just spent all this money on this. And it's, it's worse. Like not only am I not attracting more people, I'm getting less than I used to. And I took a look at her website and I said, I know what the problem is. Here's the issue you're talking about. She, she's a personal um, stylist. Mm -hmm. I said, you're talking about style tips. I said, what's the number one problem that people come to you for? And she thought for a minute and she went, they don't know what their style is. And I said, yeah, so you're going to lead with here are, here are seven style tips to make you stand out. And their number one question is, but I don't even know what my style is. And so you're talking at them up here at the, you know, grade 12 level and they're back at kindergarten saying, just help me figure out what (laughs) colors I should be thinking about. Right. And she went, oh my gosh, you're right. And we switched it up and put a really simple funnel in place to warm up her audience, to invite them in, in a way that felt like, um, like she wasn't judging them, like she wasn't above them, like she was going to hold their hand and take them through this. And suddenly her business took off. Mm. 
because people were like, okay, she gets me. I can trust her. I can move forward with her. And so that's just a really simple example. But, you know, I always say just spend some time listening. Go to Amazon. Look at what book reviews are talking about. Go to Udemy. See what courses are in your space and what people are asking about. Like there's so much out there that you can do to get some good insights into the problems that people have and how they think about it. And a lot of times people just don't do that work. Mm. And so that it's important what you say there, because it's not necessarily that she needs to change some of the output, the t- styling tips, but to really maximize the benefit of those to people, she needs to bring people up to this, up to speed, educate them, help bring them in so that when they're ready, they'll be clamoring to, for that help. They, they want that's that right. help from her. Yeah, okay. That's right. So that leads, yeah. that leads into the funnel. So have you got any advice, really? We've, we've got the groundwork. We understand our niche. We understand our customers a little bit more. Take us through the process of maybe building that funnel or thinking about a few of the key steps along the way. Yeah. So when I think about a funnel, I purposely don't use marketing terminology. I use human terminology. So, you know, I used to teach at the Microsoft Marketing University. I know marketing really well, but I use human terminology really purposefully. And so there's four stages that I think about for a marketing funnel um, for bringing people in. So the first one is the warm-up stage. So you want to attract the right people. And again, this goes back to meeting them at their problem, meeting them at where they're at and, and warming them up with you, your story, with how you overcame a problem, not all the specific how-tos, but that you had this problem, how it made you feel, and, and moving forward. It's just going out there and giving before you ask, so that you have you know podcasts or blog posts or videos or whatever you have. If you go to events and speak, you know, warming up can look like a lot of things depending on how you best fascinate your audience. The next step is to invite them in and inviting them in is really asking them to give you their name and email address, right? To take that next step forward. And it's the first small yes. Well, it's the second small yes. The first small yes would be listening to some of your warm up. The second one is saying, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go forward. I want to know a little bit more about this. And then this is when the magic really happens. And this is what really helped turn my thousand sales calls that were all no's into being sold out with over $60,000 of revenue in my account in three weeks is really creating this unfair advantage. So once somebody leans forward and says, yes, tell me more, now you can set the stage and you can set the stage with three key things. Why you or your business why this offer is what they're looking for and why now is the time, why they cannot wait to take action on this. And how you do that is really different depending on who Mm. you are and who your audience is and what you're solving. But when people can answer those three questions before they ever go to a webinar, get on a sales call, go to a sales page or go to an event, if they already have those in their mind, the sales conversation is so much easier because the resistance is down. They're they're saying, yeah, I actually want to know. And that's the fourth stage of this is what's the next step? What's a clear next step to continue this work together in this conversation? So the work starts way back at attracting the right person in the warm-up stage, inviting them in, setting the stage, and then showing them, okay, if you want to keep going, here's the next step. And when I did that, after having all of those failed sales calls, 
I talked to the same people. I, I talked to 26 people. And out of that, I sold out. I had ideas for a couple more offers and I had a little waiting list because I didn't have enough space um, because people showed up to the call and it wasn't me chasing them saying like, don't you want more clients in your business? And they would be like, ah! <laughs> they were coming and saying, you shared this specific example and that sounds exactly like what I want. Tell me more. That's a really different sales conversation. Yeah, it is. You've got people waiting on the waiting list. The whole point of this process is not only do you get the sellouts, webinar, talk, book, whatever you're promoting the end of that funnel, but you've got more people waiting at the beginning and adding all the time. So you've got this nice progressive uh, lead generation system. Yes. That sounds great. And I love the fact that you're using natural human language, things that we use every day that we can understand rather than nurturing the fun language that uh, marketers use. Um, so I'm interested though, you, you're in a bit of an advocate of Facebook ads. Um, and that ties into sort of really, really getting people into that funnel in the first place. What sort of ideas have you got um, in, to get people in there to sort of work their way through to that uh, sales call or the product that they're going to buy? Yeah, you know what? I, again, I sound like a broken record, but I go back to the how to fascinate stuff. And and what skills do you already have? Yeah. Because I'm never an advocate of like throwing away everything that you know and doing something new just because it's new and interesting and different. If you love to speak, if you love events, do that. That's fabulous warm up. If you like to do podcasts, do those, you know, like there's just, if you love to write, then write. Um, it's however you will show up and naturally bring the best of your skills there. So I'm less worried about the thing mm -hmm. and I'm much more worried about the message. What are the stories that you're telling? What are the pains that you're trying to hit on? Who are you really trying to connect with? And are they wherever you're going? So, you know, if I was trying to talk with people who never listen to podcasts, it would be silly for me to do a podcast, right? But I know that my audience loves podcasts and they listen to them a lot. And so I have my own and I go on other people's podcasts and share too, because it's a great way for me to get out there. But, you know, I've had clients who do most of their warm up through speaking because they love to travel and go to events. I just personally don't love to do that. <laughs> um, and I've had people who have huge um, success writing. So they might get um, into like Forbes or um, some of the really big uh, online properties, or they might just be really great at guest blogging on various blogs in their niche. So it just really depends. And that, that brings us on to measurement. I'm, I'm fascinated by measurement statistics. I know that a lot of people can find it overwhelming. And it is. There's so much, certainly with Google Analytics and a lot of packages, they have all these stats that you can look at. It's really important to understand which numbers you can move to make a difference in your marketing. Mm. How do you go about measuring? What numbers are you looking at to see are things working the way I expect? Are they going up? What can I what can I improve to make things even better? What, yeah. what stats package do you use? Um, it's, it's, uh, I'm sure for you, for the work you do, you have to love stats. Um, for me, like I could go deep on them too. I love them because they tell me a story. Yeah. They tell me what's working. They tell me what's not working. They tell me all sorts of stuff. But when I'm working with people who don't love them and who are maybe new to them, I really focus on a few key things. So number one, how many people does it take to get in the door to make a sale? 
Like we need to know that. Um, and there's some steps along the way that we can measure so we can see what's not working. So one of the first steps that I look at is, for example, if we're doing some sort of paid advertising, mm-hmm. how many clicks does it take to get an opt-in? So if I have a hundred people go to take a look at your opt-in, are 20 of them opting in? Are 50 of them opting in? Are, you know, however many, because it tells me a few things. It tells me, are we warming people up enough and are we uh, talking to the right people? Yeah. And so, you know, if, if that's a really low number, if I need to get in front of 10,000 people to get a hundred opt-ins, boy, that's going to be tough to scale. (laughs) because you're going to have to have a huge audience. But if I can get a hundred opt-ins from, you know, I don't know, 300 uh, people, boy, that's going to be an exciting business. So that's one of the first things that I look at is how many people does it take for the invite in stage? And then from the invite in stage, you know, depending on what kind of funnel you have, you might have different things that people are doing. So you might have a webinar that people are going to. So how many of those people you invited in are going to your webinar? Or you might be inviting them to have a sales call with you. How many of those are having a sales call? And so it's just measuring the little steps along the way to say, okay, so if I get in front of a thousand people, I know that I'm going to get five sales. Or if I get in front of a thousand people, I know I'm going to get one sale or 10 sales or whatever, because then you can plan. If you don't understand those numbers, it's really hard to know what's going well and what you can plan. And so I just keep it really focused there. And then, you know, at, at the, once we have some of those baselines, I really take a look at how much does it take to either in paid advertising or travel or whatever, how much does it take? What's your cost per acquisition? So how much does it take for a sale? And then can we make, can we make that cost go down so that it doesn't cost as much? That's right. And I think that's a really good number. If people can get to that cost per acquisition, then they, they, they can understand how much money you can keep putting in. And, and ideally then your, your marketing budget, your advertising budget becomes limitless because you know what you can pop, pop in at the top to get more out at the bottom. Um, That's right. And yeah. it gives you confidence. Yeah, so yeah, if you know I'm going to make $5 or five pounds for every single one I put in, well, it's easy to, to put them in. But if you have no idea, it feels like a gamble. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's part of the warm up sequence, certainly for us as well, is to get people to understand that because if they if, if certainly if I were to go into a call or a meeting with a client and, and ask them what their budget is, how much money they're playing with, you know, how can we help them? Um, if they don't know these sorts of numbers, if they don't understand what what it costs to buy a customer in, then it's a really difficult conversation to have because really it's, well, I don't want to I don't want to spend any money. But if they mm-hmm. understand what it costs and how much profit they make every time they get a customer. It becomes a lot easier to say, well, we can spend more money. We can help you in these all these different ways to bring more people in. So it, for us, it's, um, it is that part of that warm-up process, I think. Um, yeah. Tell me about one of your challenges along the way um, in terms of growing this, something you got stuck on and found a way through. Yeah, in terms of growing my business or yeah. marketing funnels? Um, let's say marketing funnels. So something that, um, some information, something, you know, now that had you, when you were starting it and setting up your funnel in the first place, it would have been a lot quicker. 
Yeah. So when I was first starting, I was really stuck on having to have everything super produced, like having, you know, beautiful graphic design, all of this kind of stuff. And it really held me up for a long time. And what I've found through, and, and that comes from my corporate background, right? I, like I worked at Microsoft, you don't put things out that aren't perfectly produced, but you know, they've got a lot of money, billions of dollars a year to work with. I don't. (laughs) And um, what I found is that getting something up there that's, you know, kind of bare bones, like the, as uh, Reid Hoffman says, like the, the, the minimum viable product, right? Just get that thing up there and test. Is this message right? Is this offer right? What are people responding to? Once things start rolling, then you can always invest into it. But if I take, the first time I tried to do this, I spent so much time trying to make everything perfect Mm. before I ever tested it. And it was a huge waste of time and money and effort. I could have just taken that money that I was putting into graphic design that I didn't need quite yet and tested the market and found out, I actually need to tweak this language a bit before I roll it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding everything you say there because I, I'm the same. I want things to be just right, perfect. I'm very good at advising other people <laughs> that it shouldn't be like that. Just try it. Let's do that video. Let's let's put that p- picture in. Let's make the change to the copy and see what influence, that, uh, what effect that's going to have. Um, it's advice I need to keep saying to myself and keep iterating. So yeah, I think <laughs> yes. um, I, I was going to come on to a question asking about two pieces of marketing advice, but if you don't mind, I'll take that one as one of your bits of advice in terms of just get started, just just try something. Because I think uh, certainly I believe that iteration is where you can you can move towards perfection if, if not reach it at some point. Yeah, but you'll move toward it organically instead yeah. of trying to force it. Yeah. You know, what I really, the bottom line is, I cannot think my way into success. I have to test my way into success. Yeah. And every business is like that, right? Absolutely. Even for Microsoft, <laughs> the biggest businesses, they're doing exactly the same thing. It's just they have a bit more money to lose uh, or to play with at the time. Yeah, and a lot more, yeah, on the line. I don't have as much on the line. <laughs> Um, so just to round off, is there is there another, I mean, basically this podcast has been full of marketing advice. So dare I ask for a little bit more, but maybe is there is there one thing if they're looking to get started, apart from obviously visiting your website and having a look and going through, I think you've got a really lovely um, questionnaire there, which I filled out to go through the process and that, that starts people getting into that funnel. Um, but is there anything that you would advise that people start off with? What's the first thing they should really do that's going to, if they do nothing else, it's going to turn around their marketing and just point it in the right direction? You know what? It just goes back to what we talked about at the very beginning is listen. Listen to your audience and listen to how they talk about what they want and don't put it in fancy marketing terms. Mm-hmm. Put it in their terms. Um I, I always, people always come to me and they're like, I need to hire this copywriters and stuff. And copywriters are amazing, but the best ones will always go back to a listening. They will say, tell me what your audience says, because they're going to use those same words. So if nothing else, just listen with a purpose of understanding how does my audience describe their problem? What is it that they really want? What's their big burning desire? And how do I match up there so that they can answer that? Why my company, why this offer and why now? Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Mm -hmm. It's been really good to talk to you. Um, 
I'm going to recommend that everyone visit your website. It's michelleevans.com. Do go there, have a look. I'll make sure everything is posted in our show notes. Uh, You've also got the podcast you mentioned. That's called The Marketing Funnel Show. I've had a listen. It sounds very good. I've added it to my queue, so I'll be listening. In fact, I've started the number one. I'm going to work my way through them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Thank Um, you. (laughs) Yeah, really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you so much. Um, And I hope the rest of your day is amazing. Thank you. You as well. Enjoy your beer tonight. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I'm looking forward to cracking that open. See you later. Thanks for listening. If you like this interview, you can visit ratherinventive.com slash podcast and listen to more interviews with fascinating people, plus our monthly podcast on business, creativity and the web. To get the latest episodes the moment they are available, you should subscribe directly in Apple Podcasts, Overcast or whichever podcast player you use. If you'd like to get in touch with me, I'm at Ben Kinnaird on Twitter, or you can email hello at ratherinventive.com. Bye.